He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. And welcome on the post-Preakness Basic Tipton, Maryland sale podcast. And we've got a lot to talk about. i got a full show. Um, we had a phenomenal day on, on Preakness. We had eight out of the 13 races. We had the top selection win. Uh, to me, that's a win-win. When, when customers win and you get great emails and our Zoom, we gave out a lumber of nice exactas on the card. Um, makes me very, very happy. Um, I, I love producing and doing well, and that's why we run our stats. So enough about patting ourselves on the back. The face of Tipton, Maryland sale. Uh, we sold our central banker Glaze Philly for 135000 We bought her for 15000 That's a home run. Uh, we wanted a little, you know, we expected a little more because she's really nice, but she has some little things that people didn't want to deal with. That's their prerogative. We put out a good horse. We put out a sound horse, a horse that was going to be um, competitive for their clients, and we and they bought it at, at a fair price, and we sold it at a fair price. We bought four yearlings last year, five yearlings last year. We still have four that are going to the races. One's with, with Al Stahl, uh, and we've got three more that we're going to um, uh, send out, and they're all. They're all doing very, very well. We're going to talk to Rudy Del Judas. He's going to go over through through our our stable at the farm. He's going. To, you're going to hear a little bit of what we, uh, how we communicate with our clients, uh, and and how he describes how what he's doing and how the horses are coming along. We do um, this kind of thing once a week, and uh, you'll get to hear it. And it's full uh, that that in its full content and context that we did on um, May 22nd. So you get to hear that. Um, that was before the silly, the Philly sold and, um, and you get to hear his raw uh, expectations of her. So that's really exciting, man. Also a very exciting part of this is I've got Tyler service coming on. Tyler is the son of John service. He's got on on his own uh, since uh, 2019. He's a 22% trainer this year. We're going to talk to him a little bit about, I really like this young man. I think he's the future of the game. Like guys like just like Kent Sweezy and the Norm Cassies, and they they are a future of the game. They are the guys that you're going to be talking about in ten to twenty years uh, as some of the veteran trainers in our industry. So we're gonna we're gonna go find Tyler. Hey, well, let's let's go find him. Where's Tyler? Tyler Service on board. Hey, Tyler, how are you? Hey, Bruno, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, you're a 25% trainer right now in 2020. You're an 18% trainer in your career since you started in 2019. You worked for your dad. Tell us a little bit how that all came about. So I, I was working actually as an exercise rider for my dad as soon as, uh, as, soon as I get on the track, which is around my freshman year of high school. And um, I was waking up uh, on the weekends and, and going, to, uh, going to the barn and getting on horses and senior year I actually uh, start, got first and second period off so I was actually able to go train and then and go to school right after training so I did that for about two or three years and then uh, transitioned into a uh, full time assistant and did that for another six till I uh, decided I think it was time to uh, take my own shot 
What's been the, the hardest thing for you to be as a trainer? Um, I would guess the hardest thing would just just keeping the courage and, and keeping the faith in what you're doing. You know, sometimes you have a really good year and and you, you think nothing can knock you down, and, and other times uh, it, it just doesn't go well. I mean, you can see on active base my first year, I think I was at 22%. And last year I was at 11 percent, and I'm starting off uh, like like you mentioned this year, 2022, on the right foot. So hopefully, carry that throughout the year. So, uh, and, and and all sorts of adversity happens anyway for all of us. And you know, your father is John Service, your uncle is Eddie Pleza, and your 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 uncle is also Jason Service. How is that? Uh, how has what happened with Jason affected you professionally? Uh, it, it definitely has affected me. That, that was right right when I was kind of kicking out on my own, and, and uh, really important to try to make make a name for myself. And and that that whole thing went went down. And and I think it, it definitely uh, it definitely made people want to want to look the other way instead of cho- choosing me uh, train their horses and. Uh, not only did it, did it hurt the business, it, it's definitely taking an effect on our family as well. Yeah, and, and that's true. I mean, he is family, and I know you were close to Jason. Um, how has it affected you overall? Have you had people say things to you, or have people been res- respectable towards you and your family? Um, for the most part, people have been pretty respectful. Respectable, sorry. As you said, family's family, and... Uh, one person's action shouldn't uh, reflect another person. So, uh, um, I mean, definitely you get you get the Twitter things, which which I, I try to stay away from and stay off of because obviously you got people bashing uh, on there left and right. But I've had people just in public come up to me, ask me, start a conversation, ask me what I do, ask for my name, and then your last name service, and and just completely walk away from me. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely hard. Again, it, it's affected our whole family. It's, it's affected the business. And it, it's something that uh, will definitely only make us stronger, that's for sure. You're a smarter man than me as far as not going on Twitter. Um, but you're a young man. Uh, you started out with your dad, who is a phenomenal horseman. He's done very, very well. You've been involved with all the top horses. You've been there with your dad through Smarty Jones. And even when we had Miss Focus Point together, uh, you were you were mostly the man behind Miss Focus Point when she was down in Florida. What have you taken from your father John uh, over to your own practice? Um, I think it, it's just something that that our whole entire family, from from my father to both my uncles to my brother, he's also in the industry. He's uh, he works down at Windstar. Um, we we all put the horse first. I mean that that should be everybody's objective when they get into this business is 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 put the horse first and uh, and do what's what's best by them. It's it, it's not all uh, money signs and and flowers getting thrown over their neck. There's ugly times and uh, there's good times. And if you put the horse first and and the care of the the animal, you'll you'll you'll, you'll be rewarded. That's for sure. What's a uh, funny story was uh, you brought up Blaine. Blaine started out training on his own, and he actually did pretty decently. 
And when I met your dad um, and we were going to send them Miss Focus Point, I was, we were at the Casey Tipton Maryland sale. The one, you know, it just concluded. I love that sale. This is about 20, uh, 2018. And Blaine had reached out to me uh, about, uh, he texted me out of the blue, hey, you're going to give a horse to my dad, you know, I look forward to working, you know. So I thought when John said it's son, I thought he was referring to Blaine. I had not met you yet. And I brought it up to John. I said, funny, Blaine just wrote me about training horses, you know. And he looked over at me, and I, I said, I look forward to meeting him as your assistant. And he looked over at me and goes, wrong, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my brother was quite ambitious, that's for sure. Still yeah. is. Yeah, good, good. And he's down at Windstar. He's learning uh, the right way down there. Um, Correct. Uh, what does he do for Windstar? Uh, I, I think he's just a stable hand right now. He's over there with uh, Destin Heath. Um, helping with the re- rehab uh, program that they they got over there, so uh, he's just a stable hand learning the ropes um, and, and hoping to uh, make his way up there somehow. Yeah, and Dustin actually handles all the horses there, getting them legged up to send them to to the trainers at the track. Um, what about you? What have you found as a trainer? For example, um, have you how much work have you put in to make sure your horses are well nutrition? Uh, a ton of work. Um, I mean, it, it's it all comes down to paying attention. You know as well as I do. These horses, I think, things change at, at any split second, and you got to be meticulous with the way that you care for them and, and the way that you get your help to uh, to just buy into the way that you want things done. And uh, you have to keep your eye on the way. Certain times of the year, obviously, they're they're not going to be dappy and shiny as always, but if you know your horses, look at the way they look day in and day out, it should become pretty easy to you. Now, you're a cowboy. I got the chance to watch you train. I got the chance to watch you in the morning. You're a cowboy. I mean, you straight out something out of the Dutton Ranch on Yellowstone. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of that of that series, but you really get on those horses, and, and you get on your own horses, and you gallop them. Are you are you still doing that, or are you just watching from afar now from your pony? Uh, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. If, if there's a horse that I go, I don't like, and and the feedback that I get just really really isn't isn't the answer, I'll, I'll get on a horse definitely. Uh, or or if, unfortunately, I was told uh, at a young age don't have a reputation for getting on the bad ones, but. If, if I have a bad one out there that, that just seems to give, be giving my exercise riders a handful, I'll get on that one as well. Um, but it's definitely to an advantage. Um, I think you can learn a lot from being on top of the horse, about the horse mentally, and also about the way he's feeling and, and the way that he tracks and moves. They do talk to you, don't they? They talk oh, to you in a sure. certain way. you got you got to watch. If you watch – you can really see, you know, the way they they respond to you, and the way they act. Do you keep notes on every horse? How, how do you follow up on each horse? Um, I mean, for certain types of things, we, we keep notes on it. If it's if it's something we did um, in vet work, or or if it's a equipment change or things like that, we obviously take notes on that thing. But but most of most of the time for for care and just the way that. I look and want my horse's coats to look. That that's those are all mental notes. Those are just something that I pass down day day by day, just 
paying attention to my horse and, and, and knowing what he looks like and, and his natural energy level. How have you done with claiming horses? I haven't had a huge opportunity, but but I've done quite well. Um, I've actually, I, I would say this year is probably my best year. I, I claimed the filly for uh, 7,500 here at Parks and, and ran her back in uh, never win three for 16 starter. And, and she won that. And then I brought her back in the starter's stake, and she was fourth. And uh, she, she turned out to be a nice little filly, and, and my client ended up selling her and, and making a, a decent little profit. Um, and another filly I just claimed, Gypsy Janie, I claimed her for five at Parks, and we took her up to Penn National last week and ran her for starter five, and she ran up the TV. So we were, we were really happy with that. Working with that condition book, that's a key for a lot of trainers. And, and and that's something that handicappers should learn is how to read conditions. And, and I, I find a lot of handicappers really liking that. Um, as far as, uh, as far as your riding abilities, that seems to be in the blood. Your grandfather was a jockey. How involved has he been in, in, in getting you on a horse and actually teaching you what to feel on a horse? Yeah. From the get go, when I first started riding, he, he was very influential. He, he was there through every step of the process, giving me tips, giving me notes. Um, he's up there in age now, so most of, most of the notes I get are text after a race saying, what was that jock doing? Or or things that the jock should, should have been doing differently that didn't go by his standards. And, uh, and I'm, listen, I'm just happy to still have that opportunity at his age to, to have those conversations. And Now, well, your, your uncle is also Eddie Plazer Jr., a very good trainers that are really, really successful at Gulfstream. Uh, do you talk to your uncle Eddie a lot about? Uh, he's married to your to your aunt, and um, do you talk to him a lot? Uh, he, he's always been a really nice guy around me. He seems to be very accessible. Yeah, yeah, I definitely definitely keep in touch with him. Um, he's been very generous. Uh, I've had an opportunity, a couple horses in the claiming crowns, uh, took him down there and. And he lets me opens the doors wide open for me and, and puts me in his barn and and we have a lot of nice chats in the morning when, when the horses are training and obviously a very like you said very respected horseman and and I like like to pick his brain about things in the summertime just how how he helps with the horses handling the heat and handling everyday training during high heats in the summer because like you said he's been so successful down there at Gulfstream in some grueling heat, and, and that, that's something that I really loved uh, picking his brain about. Now, you getting on your own horses, you handle all your horses' nutrition, you watch them. How strong have you gotten as far as recognizing confirmation and possible confirmational issues when you get a horse in? Um, I, I, I'd like to think – I like pride myself on that because I, I think that that's, that's something that I brought in to, to my dad's operation when I was assistant. That, that, that was something that I, I studied for since I was a very young age um, because I was just such in love with the game that I, I studied confirmation. I, I worked for TaylorMade. I worked for Three Chimneys uh, getting, getting yearlings legged up for the sale. Um, so that, that's something that, that I've always prided myself on with my ability to uh, – to try to, one, direct the horse's special needs based on their confirmation, and, and two, just being able to uh, maintain them as well. 
Do you find that uh, you've only got about probably 20 horses right now, correct? Correct. What um, do you have? Do you cap yourself on how many horses you want to have right now? Um, you know, I've I've always had the aspiration to of of being a, a 50 barn trainer and and just the way times are right now and 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 I'm sure you've you've heard from other trainers it's been it's been so hard to find help and, and good help at that at that so. I don't want to say yes and and then get a phone call for a bunch of horses that can't get your help, but uh, but I mean obviously I, that's something I've dreamt of my whole life and I would never want to cap uh, the abilities that I I, I could do with with a, a large sample size and uh, hopefully that that brings better horses as well to get us to uh, bigger stages. And and with that would come your ability to hire and hire talent. How how have you fared finding that talent in hiring? Um, is, is is there a good uh, is, is there people out, enough people out there that can make a that can make a difference, or has that been tough? Uh, there definitely is. I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there that are willing. Actually, the thing that I've uh, I've been very lucky to do lately is I I've, I get two grooms that. I kind of brought in and and trained them myself. They, they didn't know too much about horses. They came in on the hot walking level, and and I nursed them along and 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 just had communication, just talked with them, and uh, and really just drilled into their head that that they could do such a lot better things than walking horses and and the way that I like things done. And and right now they're they're the two best grooms that I have and. They're, they're awesome, awesome gentlemen as well. Are you? Um, do you consider yourself a good teacher? Um, only because I was taught well. No, I mean uh, your dad. You, by the way, you don't. Do you wear that that visor, that John Gruden visor? No, the, yeah, the John Gruden looks in the way for the uh, gray hairs to come in. <laughs> now you're a big Eagles fan. I I know that for a fact. Um, they had a fantastic draft, and it's, I am a big fan of the NFL Combine because it reminds me a lot of the two-year-old and training field. People look for speed, and people look for, for guys that have the technique, the movement, and the ability of becoming NFL players. Not much different than, than the basic tip and sale we just concluded. You and I looked at three, four horses that we, we thought would be a great PA bred type of horse. We were unlucky. We didn't get them. Uh, and, and it wasn't because of a lack of effort. It's because they had enough physical issues that both you and I couldn't live with. How hard is it right now to find? Do you look for perfection in a horse, or do you look for something you can live with? Um, I mean, obviously everyone wants the perfect horse, um, but you, you saw the other day, 3.5 million is, is a little bit out of people's reach um but you got to have things you can deal with and, and you got to know uh just based on past experiences what you've dealt with through one of some of your stocks or or of course that that went through my father's barn when i was working for him and just things that you remember hey look this really had had this and and she was very well maintainable i, I wouldn't shy away from that and you can find some some bargain deals in that, and, and definitely 
at, at a good value. One of the horses that we looked at was hit four ninety nine, uh, a, a, a first dude, um, and I'm not usually attracted to the first dude horses, uh, yearlings or two year olds. However, this one was a really pretty mover, uh, and then this is the kind of stuff you come across when you're looking at horses and you're trying to decide whether they're going to be the kind of horse that will flourish for you. And when we had the horse vetted out, and I have a very very uh, trust. I have a trainer that I trust highly, and he tells he tells me what I need to know to make the right decision. He doesn't tell me yes or no. However, in this case, he flat out told me the horse is back at the left knee and he's crooked behind, which you couldn't tell by the way he walked and by the way he did. He breathed his he breathed. You went and looked at him too. Um, there, there's a gap there that we need to bridge, right? As as a buyer, and 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 and, and then for you to have to train that horse. Right, right, definitely, and and that, that comes down to communication. Um, there, there's a lot, a lot of people out here, and and you said you, you picked out a lot of a lot of nice horses at, at a very good value, and uh, you, you see people just throwing money at, at what they're told right, and it's a good team and a good communication line, that's not going to go very far in this game. People forget about that. People just see times. They see a 10 flat or a 10 one and they go, Oh my God, that's great. I'm going to buy that horse. Well, right. and he's a Bernardini or he's a, he's a curling. That's what I need now. And it, it, it you know, pedigree, I, I always say pedigree people are, People are, are addicted to it like crack cocaine on that pedigree page. But that pedigree page doesn't tell you anything. Um, I can assess on a number of horses that I've had. And also, for example, Miss Locust Point, which you got to train. I mean, you know, people looked, went up to her at the at the Keeneland Yearling Sale and really walked right by her. They wouldn't look above the knees. And And what we had done is basically we had just moved one of her knees slightly over and she had a beautiful way of moving, but they couldn't get past that profile that was still there on that knee from that surgery, and they couldn't get past that. They wouldn't look above the knee uh, and, and look at the beautiful body that she had and the balance. So a lot of the times, people get stuck on, on little things. On the first dude hit 499, he went for 40000 which was okay, you know, but... You right away, when you heard he's back of the knee, you said, no way. You've had experience with that. Yeah, correct, correct. And like we talked about when we had our discussion before we bought the horse, he was, was a big-boned, heavy horse as well. And just based on what the angle that that knee was at and, and the amount of pressure through everyday training and races we're going to put on that, that he probably wasn't going to hold up. And we also looked at hit 198 who had a large P1 chip in a right ankle. He had gone 10-3, and three, possibly could have gone faster. He was a big PA bred by, uh, by West Coast out of a mare that was running six in a sheet from synthetics. And again, you know, the owner wanted too much money for him, for a horse that we would have had to give surgery and lay him up until the fall. And, and you don't know really how bad the bone is uh, when, when the vet has to go in and put the scope in to see – how bad that bone is where that chip is because you do can create enough damage that that's going to be chronic for that horse. 
So little things like that. We had another one too, hit 340, the defactor cult that had a two had a baby disease, bone disease on on a, on, on a cannon bone, and and that was new because I had to go and read up on it and, and figure out why, and 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 even my vet couldn't really help me because he says I've never seen it with a two year old. I've seen it with a yearling and with a baby, but I've never seen it with a two year old. I have no idea how to how to, how to judge this. So. That could get be a horse that you could get up to five eighths, and then all of a sudden you can't go any further. And you know what? People are going to point the finger at you. The horse weighs he moved too. You would have never even known it by, by watching his grease video. But, but that's why we hire people that we trust and and, and vets to, to do the work and do the legwork to uh, to make the right decision for us. I I am looking forward to having some horses with you, Tyler. I, I wish you all the best of luck. I wanted to give people a chance to hear you and, and say when they see your name in the paper, John J. Tyler Service, they go, I heard him on the Racing with Bruno podcast. Look forward to seeing you um, and look forward to having a couple of horses with you and uh, get them into the winner's circle. Tyler yeah, Service that, has joined us. Thank you, yeah, Tyler. Thanks, Bruno. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, for all the avid gamblers, if you don't buy his product, then you must not be an avid gambler because he's just giving away money. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. We do work hard. And I'll tell you what, I learned a lot from you guys when I was in, in your barn with Miss Locus Point. I learned a lot. And I, and I try to learn as much as I can from everybody. And, uh, Tyler, you're, you're a good teacher. My man, I will see you soon. Thank you, Tyler yep. Service. We had some fun. Thanks, Bruno. EXL Racing. You're going to be hearing that about from me and Rudy Del Judas on our partnerships that we put together. Um, we are not the kind of partnerships that are going to go spend half a million dollars on a horse. Uh, we're really going to go and find horses that are under the radar. Uh, the great example is this central, central banker Glaze. We bought for 15. Uh, she brought 135. She almost paid for the whole lot. So exciting stuff. I want to thank Tyler Service for coming on board and um and joining us uh i think he's a very talented young man and i got to know him a little bit and i really like him a lot and um he's going to get some opportunities from us as well as as al stall and kent sweezy uh those kind of guys uh we demand that we get uh communication and talking and 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 i'll tell you kent sweezy was great uh, when we had leah's legacy he asked me, what, how do you, what, do you, what do you know about the filly that I need to know? And I told him, treat her like a tappet. And he did. And she won first time out by seven and a half. Uh, Al Stahl. Um, you'll hear about Al um, talking through our Bucaro filly that, that's with him. Sassanac. Uh, that's her name. Um, and um, you know, she's going to be some, a horse you want to follow. She acts like a really nice filly. First crop of Bucaro. Very flashy. Uh, but you get to hear Rudy, and this is a recording that we made uh, a couple of days ago uh, that goes to our clients uh, about our horses, how they're doing. Um, we don't go crazy buying a, a ton of, of yearlings. We bought five last year, and we bought three weanlings, and then now are now yearlings. Those yearling, those five yearlings now are two-year-olds. Those weanlings now, the three weanlings are now yearlings. Uh, the 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 weanlings were by uh, Violence Cold Front and Maximum Mischief, our yearlings that went to two-year-olds now are dialed in, 
creative cause. We have two of those. Uh, the central banker that we sold for 135,000 now, and um, and a Bucaro filly. Uh, I do all the all the background. I go find the horses. I inspect them. I take videos. I slow them down. I, I and then I work with my vet on what we can live with and what is going to be feasible for us to get those horses to the races. We don't buy horses that we cannot get to the races. Rudy is phenomenal and has been phenomenal in teaching me and being my uh, my mentor in understanding soundness and how it correlates, uh, how the confirmation correlates in a horse's staying sound and, 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 and being able to maintain stride integrity as they get in their career. So excelracing.com, check it out. E as in uh, excellent, X and then L racing.com. Let's go find Rudy. Rudy on the line. Yes. Hey, Rudy. Hey, I got to tell you, you must have been tickled pink. It's like one of your kids going up to Maryland up there and uh, and competing. Uh, the central banker, Glaze. Uh, tell me a little bit what you thought about her breeze. And uh, you got to be a proud papa. I mean, she was nice. Yeah, but it's like when you're doing as long as I have, you expect that. When they show you. It's the ones that don't show you and you're hoping that they don't have that turn of foot. They're not fast and you still want to go and you're saying, well, maybe the track will be fast. Maybe the track will be lightning. When they train the way she did, that's expected, especially when they show up all the time in genuine. So when they're genuine, show up and they're honest, honestly, I expected that. That's who they are. That's who they are. And uh, she's a pretty filly. She's been very well oh, received. We're gonna take. We're gonna. We're gonna do well. We're gonna do very, very well. Let's talk about some of the other horses today. You had a chance to speak to Al Stahl about the Bucaro filly, um, and um, he gave you a great update. He was very happy. He. It's funny how when they're at a certain stage at home, they always back up, which they all do that. It's no negative or whatever. It's just, you know, they're going through a different program. But it was funny how he wrote me. He says, oh, man, she was perfect, did great. He says, but we will pick out another horse for her. That's telling me he he um, put her with a whole, probably a two-year-old that came back that's not as advanced as her, and he said, we will have a different horse for her. He said, <laughs> she did it effortless. It was nice. So it's funny. In other words, she, she in other words, in other words, she destroyed a horse. Which Correct. you always say you don't want to match up two horses where you discourage the other horse. You never want to do that. And fast horses, just like I was, you know, when I think back how, how the old horseman of yesterday, uh, me and Lauren, we had a great conversation with um, Jacinto Vasquez, Hall of Famer, Rogue Ruffian. And I think back where people tried to instill their will on horses. Jacinto wrote for the greatest trainers that ever trained in America. And he says, it's unbelievable how people don't work horses by themselves a lot. He said, Alan Jurgens came to him one time with Sensen and Prince. He's a runoff and he can't. He says, he said, put your son on him. He's big. He said, he can't do it. He said, put a snake bed on him. Alan Jurgens as long as he didn't know what a snake bed. He said, I don't know. He said, well, it's time you buy one, you know, because you've got to control them. And like Jacinto said, he says, when they're that good and fast, you don't work them in company. 
you sent though, and as I did with your Philly, Leah, that's how we were taught. He says, when I get him when they're fast, I put him in lane six, lane five, and I sneak off and I let him go. That's the way we were taught. We were taught to be horse people. And yeah. I just love that conversation because that's the way I thought when I had fast horses. You don't discourage them. When they're fast and they're forward, you don't work them in company. You let them be who they are. When they're not well, fast, he's, you encourage he's them. Gonna, you have to, you have to um, get them on the bridle. Well, let me ask you, with a baby, though, do you have to work them in company to get them, uh, you know, if, if a little forward, bit used to Like that filly was forward. I didn't make her forward. The Pachero was forward from day one. We put her in company. We we did everything with her. She wants to be ahead of her company. She wants to always be more advanced. She didn't look around. She didn't drive. Right. Nothing bothered right. her. You could put her with her immature company. Then you say, okay, they're not ready for her. But then you put her up. They're not ready for her. So you got to say she just has her way. So why discourage yeah. her? Yeah. You're going to hold her back. He's going to figure her out. He'll figure yeah. her out. Yeah. It's who she is. You know? When I, I yeah. had to take her out of company because me and Lauren, we could gallop. We couldn't gallop her in company. We're wrestling. Her. She wants to move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's who she is. No, we didn't create yeah. that with her. That's who she is. You got the dialed in over there with you out of movement uh, on the track. What's, uh, what's the update on her? I like her. I, um, and that's who we, again, we have to let her get um, familiar with her um, surroundings, but I got on her today. I didn't get on her the first couple of days. I like her. She's fast looking. She reminds me of the other Philly mean you had. And I'm excited about going with her. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm about the two looking. boys. Yeah, she is a she is a rocket ship, isn't she? Oh, she's gorgeous to look at. Gorgeous. And um, um the boys are, the boys I'm gonna lightly back up on the um, Lexington Street. I want him to mature him. He's not early. Um, I'm just jogging him right now, letting him get himself together. And the great where is horse, he actually? You know, you know, we're talking about he's not early. Uh, explain that. It's not like you don't say any. I don't like the horse. What you're oh, no, saying no. is, he need to mature? He's mature a little bit more. I do like him, and I I just don't find him. And when I say that, that's when you're saying if you move on, they're not mentally or physically ready to do that. So you got to take some steps backwards. That doesn't mean you just like them. That means they're not short. They're not early. They're not going to be um, against fast horses. They need more ground. Okay. Um, How about the other horse, the the gray one? He was a little in the bridle. Worked good, but I I still want to get a couple more works before I send him out. His last work was very forward, very forward. Um, Yeah, yeah, nice work. I would send him him to Al, too. You know, because gonna, Al's gonna, yeah, yeah. I, I like to go to Al with him. Okay, uh, um, and that's I don't want to go to Saratoga with him because I don't want to. No, go no, to, no. We go to no, Al. I, I want to run him in Kentucky. I don't want to go to Saratoga. Right. I don't like well, the way they Al, here. I think Al's gonna Al's gonna have a lot of his string at, in Kentucky. So uh, he's not like taking the whole Saratoga string down young here. Horses. I just think the way they ride her, the pressure on rider, the pressure on trainer, the pressure on um, jockey. I don't well, like we're going to we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. To, we'll talk to Al before yeah. we make a final decision. We'll talk to Al and go yeah. from there. Because I like him. I think I don't. I don't know him yet. I don't know. Could he run early? He's very aggressive in his works. He likes to show speed, but I don't know if that's him. I think he's competitive. 
So I'm trying okay. to understand them a little more. I'm going to figure out. Do I okay. Well, once wait you a little figure longer? them out and go from there. Yeah. 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 But I like them. I do like them. Now, okay. So that's the uh, the uh, the five uh, two-year-olds. Um, yeah. We got an older horse. Now you got you're getting on Vancouver out of Officer Leah. Leah's legacy's half brother that we've liked all along. We took a lot yeah. of time with him because of the way he is. Yeah, he came in very good, very good. I only had him here a week, I went light, and then I teased him a little bit on Friday. I wanted to see. I opened my hand. He has a very big reach to him, a very nice ride. Explain so that way you just said, what you just said. Please explain what you just said. You open you know, your you hand. Open, what do you mean? When when you ride and you're looking to see a horse respond to your hands, if, if riders – have bad hands, good hands, and education on one to look for what they you ride with leg, you ride with hands. And that's probably something that a lot of people are not going to understand. But good riders have it, bad riders will never have it. You open your hands, you put a leg in. When you see the length of a stride, when you sit there and you just kind of open them up and you see their reaction. His reaction was very good. His stride lengthened. And um, he felt very good to me. Now, what I want to work with that, see what that means, only having him a week, I was very happy with that. Very and he's happy. got a great foundation. And he's a man to look at. Oh, and he's a and he's a very good-minded horse. Yeah, very good. Okay, so good. Good. And, then, and he didn't used to be like that. No, we had to geld him. He was all boy. He was all boy. Words you wanted to mount. Yeah, Not but you, I, Joe, I like what I saw. So a horse to come in on the mile track, um, and see all that and the way he. Responded his first week. I'm very happy, very happy. And they got to get fit. They were training on a five-eighths track, and I was very yeah. happy with that. Very, very All right. happy. awesome. Have you been over to see the babies, the yearlings? I got to get there. I haven't been there in ten days. I will get back. But the last time, I was very happy, very, very yeah. happy. We're going to nominate the violence. Right, the and now they're under. October. Now the Philly and the other are going on a little bit of prepping. They're staying in. So now you should see improvement, and then it's easy to see the um, judgment of the progress. Okay. You want to see that. You want to see weight to muscle. Yeah. You want to see that. We've only got about a month and a half before the phase of Dixon sale for the right. maximum. Now you're going to see muscle to um, weight, muscle to weight. Okay. How because they you get that. that fat off, right? Correct, correct. How do you prep? See the athleticism, because now they got to go under that prepper, um, and you'll see how they distribute that um, muscle to weight, and then you say, "Wow, look at the athleticism!" They get what heavy. do you um, um, on the violence? Uh, we wanted him to grow up. Um, that's why we give him an extra month I, to go basic I think he moved up way the last time I seen him, and I think October is perfect for him. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Yeah, because yeah. you look in October, it's a great sale. You give them plenty of time. You don't go in September where they shove you back a little bit. Um, now, would I say he's a September book three, four? Yeah. But if you feel like you want to give him that extra 30 days, extra 30 days for a thoroughbred, yeah. a young one is an eternity. Yeah. You allow him to come on yeah. more. You won't get lost with basic system. No. You know, no. where you get lost at Keeneland. Right. And that 30 days of maturity – it's 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 an eternity to what a horse. Give him an extra thirty days. A young horse. Uh, now, uh, how about the cold front? Uh, what did you think last time you saw it? Good balance has to grow. 
She's still on the small she's side. She's a that I don't mind running. Right. And I, mean, I think you yeah. go to a two-year-old sale running because she's beautiful balance, and those horses come on a little bit later. When they're small at that stage, they do grow, but they're slow to grow. And, you know, yeah. people pick at them at early sales. So yeah. you either go right. two-year-old sale or run. But she looks fast. But if yeah, you put yeah. her in an early sale, they'll pick on her. She could look like the central banker does now. Correct. This time next year. Correct. Correct. Yeah, like that'd be a lot said, of fun. I want to go to a Maryland with that sire. Yes, you could do that or run early. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, Correct. cool. Um, let's see. Anything else we have at the farm? Um, no, that's it. That's it. Well, that's it. I'm looking forward to the sales this year. We should have – we we're going to do very well with the central banker. We're going to do well with uh, – Maximum Mischief is going to put his money in the bank to go in and be able to to do some of the things that, that you and I want to do. For, and the Bacero stage, she's your early one where we got to wait on the other two. Not long. I think the quick breeds will come out quicker than the Lexington. Lexington Street creative is more of a fall horse, more of a three-year-old. He'll get yeah. there late two-year-old. If we plan for that, we don't get panicky. We wait on him. We can make early two. If we try to make him Early to, we'll get in trouble. We make him fall right. to and do our job. We'll be good. And that's well, why that, that's up. exciting about the creative cause Lexington Street. He's bred yeah. to go. You know, he's bred Correct. to go classic distance. Correct. He's not. So. He's not ready to come out early to go face five eights on six right. long horses. Right. That's right. not him. Not him. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Rudy, right. thanks for the time. And, you got it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And that was Rudy Del Judas. Um, he's been around a long time from writing to then working as a partner for Becky Thomas in the night, late 1990s, early 2000s at the two-year-old sales. Uh, he not only bought the horses, he prepped them. And, and in a few occasions, he actually rode them. He actually was uh, one of the, the first riders to go a quarter in 20 and four. And in his own words, he said, I, may, I never moved. Uh, on the horse. And it, what is interesting in dealing and working with Rudy, he's taught me a lot on how to look at horses and how to, to, to view horses as individuals. And we, we have a great working relationship, as you can tell. Um, Rudy does a great job. And I think what's very important about having a partnership is you have your own infrastructure. You have your own people that take care of the horses that 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 handle your your babies that for example rudy buys in to 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 the stock so he's a partner not only is a partner but also he's 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 invested in in getting them out there he cares um and and that to me means the world and if you're going to go in a position where you are going to try to make money in the game and enjoy it at the same time rudy's your man Get more from Bruno by going to RacingWithBruno.com.